You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, kind of. She's actually here for once. Welcome, Julia, to the podcast. This week on Julia's actually here. <laughs> embarrassing. Freaking embarrassing. It's uh, episode 391 of the New Utah podcast. We're um, coming down to the end of the year mighty quickly. You know what's embarrassing is the Marvel's box office showing. Oh, I don't know. It was awful. Like, the worst movie Marvel's ever done. Is the new Captain Marvel uh, well, yeah, it's the Marvels. Oh, Marvels. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the three ladies that have the Marvel powers that are like interchange. I've seen the ads, but I've not. Yeah, it's, uh, did you see the one ad that looks like a vagina in a bubble? I don't think that's what it looks like. I don't know. I can't unsee <laughs> it after the lines got drawn. No, but now that you said that, if I ever see it again. I'll, sh- I'll show it to you that when out. we're done. Yeah, that did not do well, uh, opening weekend. And, um, it cost a lot of money. I don't know. I mean, movie. I am, I realize I am not the one to ask, but not every stinking Marvel everything needs to be made. They're just milking it. Well, I think it's a good franchise to make a bunch of stuff. They have so much content to it use. Is. I mean, their test run was with a B-rate action hero. Like, Iron Man was never an A-lister. No. And became, like, the franchise head for the beginning of Well, things. Iron Man, the original... Uh, graphic novels was a relatively short run. Yeah. No, Iron Man was never a huge Marvel mm-hmm. character. He was a pretty B-list type character. He had a somewhat big presence in like the the Civil War stuff that mm-hmm. they did, but like that's what they went with and they did really well instead of the big properties they'd always tried mostly because the bigger properties like Spider-Man they already fucking sold off to other companies yeah. like Sony. Um so they didn't have everything to work with. Well, and honestly, like as a kid, when those graphic novels were actually coming out, yes, that's how old I am, uh, Hulk was probably one of the most yep. popular. And they made really shitty Hulk movies before yep. they got to a decent one. Yep. And even the one that they made before Iron Man wasn't that great. Wasn't that great. But but really, honestly, of the graphic novels as a kid, the Hulk was probably the most yeah. wide known of all of them. So, And when they did Guardians, and they were able to do Guardians and Ant-Man, and turn them into good movies. I was very pleasantly surprised. When Ant-Man first was announced, I was like, oh, this is going to be garbage. It was fantastic. It was another but, style of movie that they could do Yep, that wasn't just a superhero movie. Well, Paul Rudd, like... Oh, he's great. He made the part. But yeah, Ant-Man was amazing. Even so, Doctor Strange, I had my doubts on, but I liked it. I think it turned out a whole lot better than Benedict's number snatch did a good job there. It's Cumberbund. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cucumber back. Benesnatch, Cumberbund. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of names. However, that movie, like, and Inception, like, kind of the same. Yeah. Special some... Like, when I saw the ad for it, I'm like, I've seen this movie a few years ago. And they yeah, it was Inception. Inception. Anyway. Yeah, I'll reserve my judgment until I watch it. I do enjoy watching the movies. Um, I mean, we don't really go out to movies very often lately just because we're so fucking busy. Yeah. But, well, and then uh, they hit Disney Plus within a few months. So. Yeah. Well, I still like the theater. Um, like, I might go to the theater this coming weekend during the holiday weekend. You see that new movie, Thanksgiving? <laughs> ads no. for that? I, I'd probably go see the Hunger Games prequel. The Hunger Games. Um, so I've said it before. I'm going to go see Napoleon. The guy that, that wrote Hunger Games is from Utah, and I designed mm-hmm. his house like 
15 years ago. Yeah. Put a theater in it the size of my house. It's pretty awesome. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, um, that, that, have you seen that, that ads for that Thanksgiving? It reminds me of, uh, what's the, what's the, Val, my bloody Valentine? It's got like the same vibe. Did you ever see that crappy no. movie? You're not missing out. But it's got the same kind of vibe as my bloody Valentine. Like okay. just, just the look and the feel of it. I was like, huh. Okay. Anyway, that comes out Thanksgiving Day in case anybody cares. So uh, we were gone last week. You guys heard the episode, um, if you listen to us regularly. But uh, Bree and I were out of town. Um, we were on a uh, birthday cruise for Bree that turned also into a celebratory cruise for Bree. She had a pretty big week last week, so she had her birthday. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the cruise, so happy birthday, Bree, first off. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. I got um, some pics. The pics you guys were sending were pretty cool of, like, the cathedrals and some of the stuff. Those cathedrals were awesome. Look awesome. In, uh, in uh, Mazatlan and La Paz. Uh, they were good. Um, so, I want to talk about the Port of San Diego. <laughs> sucky, sucky, sucky. So, you, the cool thing is, San Diego. yeah, in yeah, and out of San Diego. Cool thing is, we got there early. We didn't need to be there for a few hours. So I'm like, why don't we just walk to the port? It says it's like a 45-minute walk. And it's literally just along the ocean. It was nice. So you get out of the airport area, and it's right. The the walk oh. is the boardwalk along so, like, the you ocean. you pretty much see it from the airport? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you cross out of the airport, and you just walk. And if the airport wasn't under heavy construction, you could walk even quicker. Mm. Um, but you have to kind of, like, walk around kinda and back around. Like every airport is under heavy construction at the moment. So the walk was really nice. And we get there. Well, it's Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. And the Port of San Diego, also a military port. Yep. They have a military shipyard there. And the U.S. Midway is, like, two docks down from where the cruise ships are. Nice. And the, the USS Midway, for those of you who don't know, is a museum. Right. Um, it's a floating aircraft carrier that's been turned into a museum. And that's where Japan signed their official surrender to the United States is on that ship. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had like a huge like family day, like military family appreciation day because it's Veterans Day mm-hmm. is surprise. Bree's birthday is always on Veterans Day. Weird. I know. Crazy. How <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there were a ton of people down there. They had this huge farmer's market across the street. So it was like a really nice like Saturday morning in San Diego with a lot of shit going on. Um, and there were two cruise ships that were embarking. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I am now on board with hating Disney, too. Yeah. Disney, <laughs> Disney was there, uh, as was uh, Holland America. Um, and it was... A fucking nightmare. Like, the ship was supposed to leave at four. They still didn't even have everyone on board at four because it was so bad. Is it because you're so close to Disney, so it was just so crowded? So, it was crowded, but I'm talking to people and, like, reading some stuff from people that have been through San Diego many times, been on that cruise a lot. They're like, it's never happened like this. When we were there, so when you cruise... Um, kind of like when you go through the airport, there's the gate agents that work for Delta, United, whoever, right? And there are gate agents essentially that work for the cruise line. Right. But getting into the airport, getting they have through, to go security, through TSA, right? That's TSA. Well, at the port, it's the local port authority. And so they run all the security screening, all of the getting through their terminals. So you're, it, it was a nightmare and it was the port authority's problem. The Port Authority apparently had 18 people call out sick that day with two (laughs) cruise ships chock full of people. The reason that, like, I still think that the cruise lines both, because I think, because Disney hadn't pulled out when we left either. Um, 
they didn't make it any better. Like they didn't change their like the way that they were doing it. They didn't try and help. They they didn't give any more information yeah. to people. There were people that waited in line. They for like finally five just hours. like disappeared. Like people were just like not available to even be That's able horrible. to. Because when yeah. we went out of Seattle, that was it's smooth. smooth. I've never we had been a out of L.A. and they have their own uh, L.A. I've Carnival has like their Galveston. own terminal thing there. Yeah, it's every other port I've ever been to has been fantastic. That was a nightmare. Getting off was really easy, um, uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So we, we visited some places in Mexico. Um, that port sucks. I don't know if I'll ever want to sell out of San Diego again, because that was that was truly awful. I mean, really. It was terrible. Honestly, I, I don't know if it was just because Holland had just started that line again, because um, it it's one that they don't run during the summer. Oh, so this is like, so this is like the second or third time that they'd done it this season. But even like getting off of the ship in um, Cabo oh God, that was, was a two-hour wait. And Cabo, for people that don't know, Cabo is a tender port. No cruise ships dock there. You have to take your own cruise ship's tenders out to where their docks are and then do your thing from there. So that's it is kind of always like that with cruise ships, but this was absurd. Like, it's never this long hmm. of a wait. Um, so anyway, it was fun. It was a, a great trip. Um, in Mazatlan, we kind of toured around the city uh, we a little bit. Went on a tour, and so we, you know, we got to see a lot of the city um, throughout Mazatlan, the cathedral, like we said, a lot of really pretty pictures from the cathedral. Um, uh, and um, we went to a local candy shop, and so that's what that's what this is. I have I have for us an assortment of candies Sweet. for us to taste. Will you hand me the purple thing? The purple thing. So this purple thing Julia, got me some pictures so you can post. Got me flagged. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> TSA in TSA because it's dense and circular. It's and cylindrical, they can't really so it looks tell. like a bomb. Yeah, kind of. It's a uh, Royo de Higo. Hio. Um, it's uh, well, I could read it if you give it to me. Thanks. It's like a fig thing. Uh, That's yeah. Like so it's like a fig fig candy. Um, uh. Uh, it's got uh, some macadamia nuts um, and nougat. Um, so we're gonna try this. Uh, have you tried on it? The show? Have you tried one or this is this no? Is I have not tried this. So I, I got some some guava chili. So candies. they told us about this, and I've actually been looking. They used to sell. They look like marshmallows. Yeah, they, they are. are. Oh oh oh! They're coconut. So they used to sell these like everywhere. I don't know if you saw these when you were a kid, but this is another item, the by the way, for those that don't understand that Jeremy switched gears. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Yes, there's a. Marshmallow-looking item. It is marshmallows. It is co- marshmallow. They're, they're coconut. They're coconut-covered marshmallows. Covered. There's a knife right by you, babe. Oh, oh, that's not a knife. I, I, I came prepared for you guys to to try these because I had this idea that we could try this stuff on the air because this is basically. I already know all... what these taste like. I tasted these in the store. Yeah, well, we've had those before too, right? Like, so. well, something like them. Can I have the knife, please? This is not working out. Well. <laughs> they put tape on like cellophane to hold this closed. This is like handmade mm. candies. So read the ingredients off the back of that, would you? I think they have English ones too. The marshmallow, sugar, glucose, um, grenadine. No, nah, grenadine. It's not grenadine. There's a T. Grenadine. Yeah, it's a. It's like a and gelatin. coconut. It's the gelatin type, right? Mm. That's it. Four ingredients. That's nice. It. Pretty straightforward. Can I have one of those? I never had Yellow one number five. Um, no, no yellow number five. 
These are pretty fresh. We got these. I'm Dynamite sure they were made within the day or so. Um, will you get one out for me? Sorry, I'm trying to open the log here. Maybe we should just cut the log. The marshmallow's pretty good. Thank you. Here's the. It reminds me, have you ever had those Idaho spuds? Mm-hmm. Or oh, yeah. yeah. Or kind of a snowball, mm-hmm. but more of the Idaho spuds yeah. is basically that marshmallow. Because it's got the chocolate. coconut. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not a lot of coconut, and it's not... It's not um like really flaky. It's almost like a coconut dust. Yeah, that's not. Is there too a bad. bag under that? Yeah. Take the bag out. It's um called milled coconut. Yeah, there you go, milled coconut. Oh, that's really good. It's very sweet, but very light. Um, uh, I had to stab it. What? <laughs> I mean, it is wrapped in a bunch of plastic. So, but anyway, I I, I told Bree oh, when we were um packing up for the flight, I'm like. I'm like, I guarantee you when we go through security at the airport, you're going to get tagged for that thing. <laughs> and she's like, maybe. And sure enough, like, as soon as the bag goes we through the scanner. We had it in, uh, like, a separate bag because we didn't want the marshmallows. Whoa. This is filled with stuff. We didn't want the marshmallows to get smushed. Yeah, it's filled with a caramel nougat thing. And so we... Wow. Do you want a different Christ. knife? Fuck. You, that knife sucks, apparently. Um, Should we go get a different knife? No, I think it's the plastic. Um. Okay. Um, and so, like, I just had it in, like, a little bag with, like, our souvenirs and the candy. Pulled you over for the cocainas. They pulled me in. Yeah, well, I mean, it, again. Well, he brought it over, and he's like, I need to check your bag. And I was like, yeah, my husband warned for me those you're going to want to check that They can't see it. It's just shy of probably a foot long. Um, and it's, uh. Super dense. It's very dense. <laughs> very it's, sticky. Um, it's made of sweet it's and condensed a, It's a, can- yeah, it's a candy. It's, yeah. It's, it's like a caramel. Yeah, there is a caramel inside of it. Breeze, just give it to Jeremy like that. With the sure, I don't with know the plastic on it. He'll eat around it. He's a big kid. Yeah, right. he's, he's a he's a normal human. I'll figure it out. But the rest of us need a piece. So this is just give me the cutting board, then I'll do it real quick. Okay, enjoy the other half of mine. Okay, let's do this. Who cares if try. it gets messy? Don't hurt yourself with a knife. Just get your fingers on the cutting board. It ain't going to hurt nothing. She's trying to hand me a cutting board with just her pinkies touching because her other fingers are mushy. <laughs> but it you, tastes like the inside of a Fig Newton. Well, it's a Fig Candy. It's this very is, sweet. This is not good. Breeze, talk yeah, into the microphone. It's like the filling in a Fig Newton. Like, yeah. well, it's a, I told you it was a Fig Roll. Fig roll. Do you know yeah. figs can't happen if a wasp doesn't die in the plant? That's sad. It's, uh, it's not sad, Wasper. Did you know that figs are really just the flower turned inside out? Or nice. Right side in or whatever? <laughs> However, I would sacrifice figs if it meant the extinction extinction of wasps. No way, dude. Wasps mm. are no, the pollinators. wasps die in it. Wasps are pollinators. They're also really good for your garden if they're the non-pollinating ones. They can also be the predatory ones that kill off troublesome insects. I'll just stick with bees. Honeybees. But there are more than one type of pollinator in the world, Jeremy. I know. They're all important. I'm biased. Because they're all dying off. They're all important. We're all trying to eat. Pardon the uh, dead air there for a second. And apparently there's like macadamia. Sticky lady. Yeah, macadamia nuts. Okay, now I'm going to try it. It's, It's pretty good. It's very sweet, but it's pretty good. It's really good. It's basically a fig newton without the without the breading cake cake thing. It's just a fig. It's fruit and cake. 
So it's fig candy on the outside, and the, on the inside is a caramel. What's a Newton? <laughs> That's really good. Um, um, fruit drink cake. The texture's a little weird. I don't like the sticky. That's why I give it back. Big. But it's just because it's like a bl- it's blended basically. Yeah, it's it's like pretty straightforward, just straight up candy. Like so, there was a um another thing that Chris got. You know, and everything's in Spanish. Like we're not in some place where they've like translated it. It's in Spanish, and he's like, "These look good." And I was like, "Oh yeah, those look good." They were guava candies, like so, like actual guava. Oh, nice. We get on the boat, or we get on the bus, and we're like, let's try one, because we got two. So I took a big old bite and handed it to him. It also had chilies in it. I was going to say, typically, that's what they've got in them, is the guava and chili. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were so good. That chili was great. Okay. So, I think that's delicious. I think a whole log of that would last me a long time. Yeah, a little goes a very long way. Because e- even without the center, it's still a lot. Um, and it's it is like so it is like the solid inside of a fig Newton, but even more dense I think. Um, okay, so the last thing I brought for you to try are Mexican Doritos. So this is we were in. This is just a nacho Dorito. Like it's not the anything. We were just hungry. It'd been a while. Um, I didn't get to have shrimp and Mazatlan. We're waiting on the bus to go back, and I'm like. Hey, do you want to just go grab like a Coke and some chips from inside the pharmacy? Because I'm starving and I need something to tide me over till we get back to the ship. But he's like, yeah, sure. So we grabbed, uh, I grabbed a Coke Zero or a uh, Kona Azucar, uh, uh, no sugar, um, or San Azucar. Anyway, I don't remember. Uh, and then Doritos. Uh, and so Doritos in Mexico, I didn't realize this, are not made by Frito-Lay. They're made by Sabritas. Hmm. So Sabritas also put, like, Sabritas makes Takis, for example. Right. Um, and so. Which are like, I think toxic or something. Takis are really good, but these are Mexican. I can't wait for you to try this. Just it's basic. So good. Nacho flavored Mexican Doritos. And. It tastes like you dipped a chip in like salsa. the yellow cheese with salsa in it. And it is, the chip is a crunchier, like, they're not curled. They're flatter. Yeah, they're flatter. They're not as curled as our Doritos. They're and thicker, I think. There's, again, like fewer ingredients. Yeah. That. Oh, this one has a sticker. It's really good. Yeah, so I like them so much that I ordered them to be delivered yeah, to my house. Yeah, these ones are not the ones we got in Mexico. We ate those. I got these from it's Amazon. It's got an earthy... You should try it. It's good. Like sage almost. Yeah, there's something... something. There's something... And it's really good. Like, but it, it reminds me of, like, an actual nacho chip. And they're like, a little more spicy than... Yeah, they have a little bit more actual spice than in them. American Doritos. Not like... It's not hot. It's just It's just spice. got more spice in I it. I feel like it just has more flavor. Yeah, so. and so you... There's, yeah. there, there's like you a... Tell me. You can have... It's there's good, like huh? a back end of chili powder and cumin almost in it. That's really good. So, um, those are my new favorite Doritos. Um, I have not yet been to Rancho Market since we've been back to see if that's what they carry. Um, but I suspect maybe it is, and if not, I'll just continue to order Have them seen because the they're good. Movie Blazing Hot. No, it's about Blazing Hot Doritos. Oh yeah, the janitor who came up with the recipe, and you should watch that. It smells like burdock root. Because it's really because cool, the whole uh, thing he's saying is well, the Doritos that we eat, meaning the Mexican population, Hispanic population, is that the only way we can eat your crappy Doritos is if we cover them in spices. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just need the audience to feel what Some we're doing ASMR. here. Yeah, those are good. I really like the flavor. It's like our Doritos here that Frito-Lay makes, they're not as crunchy because the chips are not as thick. They are definitely a little bit thinner. But the flavor, there's just nothing in comparison it's, to the amount of flavor. Yeah, we opened them up and they kind of look similar. And, so, the, and then we put them in our mouths and we were like... The dry ingredients are just better. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot better. I think that even the chip itself... It doesn't have the little Christmas colored sprinkles on them. I will say, uh, if you look at the top there, there's two black warning labels. <laughs> huh. Want to read those? Excess calories and excess sodium. Yeah, but they're in Mexican or they're Spanish. They're in Spanish. <laughs> they're in Spanish. They're in Mexican. But that's something that's also... You won't ever see that on American food. Like oh. that, that's not something our FDA requires uh, packaging. Excess to one country and excess to another. Very different. There's no such thing as excess sodium, sugar, or yeah, fat. Okay. What's sabor? Uh, Flavor. What? On queso y sabor chile. Yeah. So sabor maybe is flavor. What? So cheese, chili cheese flavor. Mm. Um, let me see. God damn it, Google. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Mexico was fun. So then, I wanted to I wanted to provide a little taste test. I thought that would be fun. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you. Because those Doritos just fucking blew my mind how much better they are, and they're not that far away from us. In fact, we got back to San Diego. My phone missed Mexico so much that we so we got then out. Sent it to the border. We got out of the port. And I'm like, okay, well, we could walk back. You know what? Let's just take a, let's take like a, a, a an Uber or something. Maybe we can catch an earlier flight because there's an earlier flight. So I'm like, let's walk across the street. Well, as we were starting to go to, to walk across the street, there's a line of cabs with no one there. And I'm like, fuck that. Let's just take a cab. They're already here. It'll be just as cheap anyway. So we hop in a cab. We get to the airport. Really nice guy talking, asking us how we, you know, whatever, get to the airport. Get the airport, get out, you know, pay the guy. In Go. cash, so we're not paying attention to what cab company, there's no receipt. Because it's like a $20 ride. It was really, really inexpensive. So I pay the guy. Um, we, uh, I go walk over to the Skycap area to grab bag tags mm-hmm. and don't have my phone. I'm like, fuck. I'm kind of. Unfortunately, what we had watched, because in, you know, in most places, and you know this, like, you drop off one place and you pick up at another. So that's what works the same way for the taxis, right? You drop off right. and then they go somewhere else to pick up. Yeah, because no one, like when you're at the unloading yeah. zone for, for people that are checking in for flights, people, people aren't leaving. People aren't leaving through the same area. Airports purposely separate them to keep traffic flowing properly. And But However, just what happened, when we got out, there was another dude that's like, hey, can you take me? I didn't hear what he said. And he's like, yeah, you, I can take you right now. And so... You know, we go to get the tickets. I realize my phone's gone. I'm like, fuck. She's like, did you leave it somewhere? I'm like, it has to be in the cab. It has to have like fallen out of my pocket while we were sitting in the cab. And I just didn't check when we got out. And so I'm like, well, fuck. I'm like, I'm not going through security yet. And I'm like, try and call it. Maybe who the guy that got in. She's like, how do you know a guy got in? I'm like, because I watched him get in. So I, I check Life 360. It's kind of heading toward the pier. And I'm like, well, maybe it'll go back to the port and pick somebody else up and come back here. I'm like, I really doubt it's going back to the pier. Like, who's going to the pier at like eight in the morning? Like, no one's going there that early because the ships are just getting docked and starting to unload. Like, no one's boarding. But he could have been like, I don't know, going to meet somebody there or something. You don't know. So, but she keeps calling it 
We keep, watching, I keep watching it. it and it keeps driving. I'm like, let's get our bags because we're taking the flight anyway. Like the worst, worst comes to worst. My phone, I just have to identify as lost, block it. And and, and we had decided to check not only my bag, but his bag so that we didn't have to deal with it. So he's like, let's go do that. Like, we're not taking the earlier flight clearly. So we'll go check the bags. We check the bags. We'll go back outside on the 23rd attempt to call the phone. They it answer. gets answered. Now, at this point, we know the Where cab driver is. has taken the phone to literally the to the border with Tijuana. I think it was like five <laughs> miles away from the border. It wasn't even five miles. It was literally the street next to the border crossing. It was insane. It was, We're just watching it go further and further. Not, not five miles, like 100 feet. Like literally the only, he's, she's like, do you think he can cross the border and go to Mexico? I'm like, no, because he's a cabbie. He's not going to go into Mexico. But he, the dude probably wanted to go to Mexico. And then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, he got in at the drop-off area at the airport. I'm like 90% so he's certain. Like, I think that his family dropped him off, and now he's going to go down Horn and Tijuana. Well, I'm thinking like someone dropped him off at the airport like he was going to fly somewhere, uh, and he just fucking caught a cab to go down to Tijuana. That makes sense. Which, I mean, totally a thing you could do, right? I don't know. Um, but anyway, the cab guy answers, and I'm like, you have my phone. He's like, yes, yes, you're the one that I just dropped at the airport. I'm and like, of course, yes. he's, d- you know, he's not a native English speaker, and you're so trying to I'm, talk on a phone. And- I, so I'm talking to him, and he's like, I can bring it. I'm like, if you bring it back to me, I will pay you the cab fare. Just turn on your meter. I mean, he'd have come to back up here. come right. back anyway for free. So now he's getting paid to come back, I, and he's getting paid to come to the airport where it's pretty easy for him to pick up another fare. But, like, are you going to get a fare at, Tio- in T- at the border of Tijuana? At eight in the morning, you're on a on a Saturday. You're probably not getting a fare to come back anywhere near where you were at easily. So it worked out. Oh yeah, there was one to other try thing. The, the um, stuff. Yeah, so we'll try that in just a second. So anyway, so he came back. I I paid him handsomely uh, along with the eighty five dollar cab fare uh, for returning my phone. Super because, nice dude. I mean, by the time we submit a claim and go get the, like it's oh, more than well. Worth he it. said he said he's had it happen before. He's like. And he's he like, even showed us. He's like, I've had it happen multiple times. He's like, I would have gotten the phone back to you. I, he's like, look, the guy just finished paying me. Like, I just did this the other day. And he showed us a picture of a package that he was sending a dude in Indiana his phone back. Which is kind of cool. I mean, really, that's pretty so, awesome. I mean, we got, like, the most honest cab guy in the whole freaking that's world. Cool. Keep just passing it if you're going to pass it. So there is one other uh, candy that we got there, which was, uh, I think it's caramel. Or fudge. It's fudge. It's a fudge. But it's like flat. It's not square like we normally see it. We throw these. We throw these away, as Jeremy um, tells us about his week. Maybe. Oh, so my week, uh, we got the white trash hot tub up. Not nearly oh, as yeah, exciting as that. a cruise, but yeah. So that's what I got for my birthday. So it matches our white, our uh, white tra- white trash pool. So it's the blow up kind, but it's got lights in it. It's got the 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 jets and the. It jacuzzi. looked pretty fancy. It's kind of cool. So yeah, definitely not a cruise, but. But that's what I did for the week. And then, uh, well, well, you're cutting fudge over there. Uh, just a couple quick events. Asylum 49 is doing their Krampus Christmas. So it, it's, it's the, it's the haunt, but it's decorated for Christmas. Sort of. So it's got Christmas lights, but it's got Krampus running throughout it. Uh, so that's December 8th and 9th. 15th and 16th. So so if you still. That's so fun. If you still haven't had enough of the haunted houses, Asylum 49 is doing their. Their Krampus Christmas. Where's the stupid dog, by the way? I don't know. She was. Over, I think she's over by the trash now, trying to get in because I put stuff in it. And then starting uh, this week, uh, Parksy's doing their snow globe stroll, which I guess this is. They've done it for a few years. I just did not realize that. So 
you go up and down Main Street, and they've got they're like life size. They're like giant snow oh, really? globes with all kinds of different themes and playing music. So it's just part of their holiday season. So that starts November twenty second, goes to January fifth. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, that's already started. I didn't either. So yeah. Or that one's not very sweet, Jeremy. Not oh, for fun. Very peanut buttery. So, yeah, that's a good. I didn't get peanut butter out of it. I just got some fudgy flavor, but not peanut butter at all. Yeah, that's nice fudge. Nutty. Did you get any peanut know. butter? Yeah, yeah. Not really. The just color, fudge. the color it's might throw you because throw it's not. Out. So much of our shit is artificially colored in this country, um, but that is the color that sugar typically turns when you're making fudge from no, scratch. No, that's good. So, Julia, don't you have some events coming up in December for the shop? Yeah. Real quick. Um, She's got to look it up on her calendar. She doesn't know. We do have a Black Friday sale, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, we are going to be participating in the Battle Creek Boutique at the Schmidt's Greenhouse, and that is November 30th through December 2nd. Uh, we have a Witchy Wednesday on December 6th. We're doing a spell jar making bar. Uh, we have rituals on December 4th, 11th, 14th, 22nd, and 28th as well. Do people that, get dis- are you doing discounts? Sometimes you've done them more if they mention the podcast. Sure, if you mention the podcast, we'll give off. you a free crystal. 100%. 100% off one crystal. There you go. Um, of Julius choosing. We have a bowl you can pick from. Uh, it is a good reminder. I know Thanksgiving's like here now, basically, but uh, this weekend, if you're out shopping, it's Small Business Saturday. Go support your local business. 50 bucks means nothing to Walmart and Target, but it could mean a big deal to a small business. That is true. The the cute little butter girl we had on a couple weeks ago, Uh she was saying that that they're doing stuff for Black Friday. Well, all of the... The cute little butter girl. I can't think of it. Love it. It's good. My shop's advent calendar is done, so get your 12 Days of Magic at utahcrystals.com. You know who appreciates that. And you can just use that to count down to whatever the fuck you want. Yep, because it's it's non-denominational and not themed. You can count down to your birthday. You can count down to your dog's birthday. You could count down to a vacation. Oh, that'd be fun. So, uh, Bailey. Anything that needs 12 days. Bailey of Mountain Born Creamery. Jeremy thinks you're a cute little butter girl. She's a cute little butter girl. (laughs) Just, just want you to know. She's like a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. She's no small child. <laughs> she's she's not a big woman either, but she's a grown-ass adult. She's, it was a fun interview, though. Yeah, it was a very, very sweet individual. We liked her quite a bit. And we didn't scare her off. No, surprisingly. We've fuck. done that before. Not intentionally, but we have done Man, that before. I wouldn't say many times. I was going to say many times, but just I won't. Just a few. Um, I do want to mention one other thing. Um, it was announced this week. The University of Utah will be holding the third and final presidential debate in 2024 mm, uh, right. for the presidential election. Who knows? Uh, maybe they'll be um, live streaming Donald Trump from jail. Um, we could be so lucky. Maybe we'll see um, neither of them because it doesn't seem like either of them is going to fucking actually debate. Um, or maybe we'll see someone totally different because they're both old enough that they could just fucking fall over and die tomorrow. And it, like, I don't want to be fucking morbid, but literally there's like at Joe Biden's age and Trump's like right behind him. The, the he's like two years younger, like every single year adds like a percentage or two. Like, I think I can't remember who let's be honest. Did Nobody out. thought Joe Biden would live through his entire four years. Uh, I sure didn't. I mean, I'm just being honest. Um, but like at 80, 82 or whatever, your chance of just dying every day is about 10%. <laughs> like you just fucking might not wake up. You roll up. a dice every morning. Well, then, yeah, basically, you get a one. 
you're yeah. good. Yeah, poor Joe Biden would probably step off airplane one and miss the steps. Did you see his birthday picture where he had 81 better. candles on yeah. his birthday well, cake and the whole thing was in flames? It's so, so funny. It, it is. So one thing that a lot of people don't know because he doesn't really go out in public very often, Biden doesn't use the big stairs of, of Air Force One. There's two sets of stairs that the president usually only uses the big, like, grand ones from coming front. from the front. No, no, no. There's a, a much lower staircase that he uses all the Off time. The back. Speaking of Air Force One, sort of, the Hill Air Force Base, their new hangar, uh, they're having the, the opening ceremony for it coming up here shortly. I don't have the dates, but we'll look at it. Oh, that's right. In uh, November, it was going to do. Oh, for the museum. For the museum. Yeah. And the reason why I said it is they have an Air Force One at the museum. Yeah. That's old one. cool. But uh, yeah, the new, their new facility, the third hangar, uh, opens very soon. So very th- likely to have another Air Force One there next year, uh, as we have presidential debates. Um, anyway, it's just cool because, you know, it won't mean a fucking thing by that point. Probably a third presidential debate is usually Everyone's kind of over it by that point, but to get one here in Utah is a is a pretty big deal, right? We're a state that truly doesn't matter in the general election. Maybe that's why it's here. We're neutral. We count for not a whole lot, and we're always Republican. So maybe this year we'll vote for RFK because everyone hates Trump here too. So in all of our in all of our talking of Utah, I think twice in in uh, Utah's entire history. Has Utah voted Democratic? Yeah. And I mean, that might change. Like, Utah is changing. Its demographic is changing dramatically. Um, and so that stuff may begin to change at some point. Uh, we'll see. We just need more people like President... Was it pres- former President Ballard who just Isn't died? scheduled yes. until April 20 of 2024. Oh, oh it must oh, have really? got pushed. Because yeah. originally it was supposed to be October, November. It says but... the museum has been... Temp- this was as of November 6th. Oh, okay. The museum has been temporarily closed the past few weeks to facilitate the coordinated movement and relocation of many aircraft and displays previously housed in the Hadley and Lindquist Stewart yeah. galleries yeah. and an air park in preparation for a grand opening scheduled for April 2020. Okay, that makes sense. So, so it's been, up. It's they, up and done, but now it's all the... But they're moving everything really around, around where they need it to go with the new... Because their exhibits are really good. So Well, and you think about it, their entire airplanes. So they're not small. No, and they're not easy to move around. And even the exhibits in the first area... They're huge exhibits. Like, they're big. Even well, because that's where we've got the, the Enola Gay. Yeah. Well, not well, the, that, the... But the, the B-52. The B-52, yeah. Uh, the belly gunners. Those are so cool. Tiny dudes just basically going to die every time I go up there. So, <laughs> Man, um, that was a lot for an intro. Um, so I think it's uh, we're probably good to talk to our guest now. Okay, joining us this week, uh, we have Zell Shaw. Um, see, I got it. I Yay! got it right. Uh, and uh, Zell is one of the uh, owners and creators and proprietors and makers and workers of... Uh, Asana Natural Arts. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I hope I got all the titles in there because this is a self-run <laughs> that business. Okay. So Jer- far, so good. Jeremy and I both understand, even Julia, understand when you run your own business, you're everything. You do yes. it all. CEO, CFO, janitor, yes. primary salesperson. You, you wear it. all the hats. You do. You do. You do shipping. You do receiving. You do invoicing. invoicing. Accounts payable. Accounts receivable. Mm-hmm. You're on payroll. Boy, I've been fucking working on accounts receivable <laughs> the last few weeks. Like through two months, I'm like 60 days back on someone that owes me money. That's the worst. <laughs> I hate fucking chasing That's money. That's probably about my job the most is hunting people down for money. It's the worst. Do you remember like, oh gosh, it's probably been 
20 years ago, there was one time you were like, here, pretend you're my assistant and see yep. if you can get this so that that seems more important. Yep. Well, it worked. It did. That was kind of funny. She did my billing for me for a short Just time. Just like, yeah, like that short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you make yourself seem bigger than you right, are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, still uh, being a little funky. Yeah, I think we're good oh, now. Are you good? Headset's just still being a little weird. Maybe we need to replace that one. Yeah. With the black one. Then retire that we're one. Good. Get a new Maybe. one. Be. We'll see. I we'll don't see. know. So she says she left, left the other half and the mini me at home. Yeah. Well, one of them. She's cooking one. Is it a mini me uh, or I a am. mini I'm mini eight him. months pregnant, so oh, wow. I'm, I'm due in four weeks from today. Ooh, oh, so wow. right. The Christmas baby. Yeah. Maybe we have a, we, our friends. I try and say baby. it's a winter solstice baby. So there we go. I'm due on December 21st, which is winter solstice. That is actually that would be cool. Like yeah. to the day, that's that really spot yeah. on. That is awesome. Yeah, we had a friend whose baby went two two weeks. Was he two weeks or just a week? Anyway, he was very overdue, so she wanted two, to do two, yeah. like everything, like all natural. She had all these plans, and she ended up doing it like as unnatural as you possibly could go. Mm. That was sad, but. Ended up being born on Christmas too, and she was like, "I don't want him to be born on Christmas." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want that either. But you know, you, the more you just go with the flow, you're probably better off. So I'm just gonna let it be. Well, it's then true. she tried to do his birthday, celebrate his birthday on Christmas, and celebrate Christmas on a different day. And I was like, "Yeah, that might work for a little while, but <laughs> it's kind of hard to make the whole rest of the world celebrate on a different day." So yeah, I don't know what they're doing this year, but. It's just rough. So yeah. speaking of babies, when were you born? 1989. What? I barely made it in the 80s. Very proud of what that. What month? August. August. Leo. Middle month. And August 2nd. August 2nd. So you were a Halloween baby too. So you were a Halloween baby. Oh, I guess so. So your parents went to Halloween party, had a really good time. Or maybe like a week ago. Was your parents' anniversary like the beginning of November time frame? Anything important? Um, yeah. Woodstock. Actually. Is that there? <laughs> now that you say that, I think it is in November. Their, is their anniversary? It's gonna be their forty-fifth anniversary. Wow! See, so you're a we- you're a wedding yeah. anniversary you're baby. An anniversary baby. You're, they you were just celebrating. made me realize that. <laughs> I mean, forty-five <laughs> years. So I'm assuming you weren't necessarily like an accident before they got married. So I'm the youngest of five. Yeah. So yeah. maybe an accident, but, are you but the, not before they were married. Are you the youngest, like you're 10 years younger than your next closest sibling, or are you within like a couple of years? A couple of years. So my okay. mom had all five kids in a 10-year span. Okay. So you were definitely not an accident. Not like... Nope. My oldest, like, my oldest sister's 18 when my youngest sister was born. Yeah. Yeah. So See, that, Every that, family's different. Yeah. But you always know, like you got a family and like, well, like, uh, like Maya's husband, Tucker. Yeah. Well, oh, he, yeah, was, yeah, he wasn't yeah. an accident, He, he wasn't though, an right? accident. He was, he was, just he was on a, purpose, but it was a second marriage. And, for both of them, right? And, so, like, their kids were, like, grown. His, yeah, they, his family was grown. <laughs> so, like, his siblings are our age. And then he remarries, and then... And then he's his kid's age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's... But oftentimes you'll see, like, there's a 10-year gap between child three and child four. My guess is child four then, wasn't planned. Then you got my brother-in-law, <laughs> Mike... Whose baby's the same age as my grandbaby, because he married a much younger <laughs> yeah. woman and started having kids much later. Yeah. So yeah, my, my my grandbaby's not a lot. Not a lot of like a ten and eleven person families these days, though. No, like uh, well, how many are in your family? Five. Five, five is so, pretty yeah. big. That's a that's big these days. Yeah, five. I think seven's about as big as I've seen in my generation of people. Yeah, seven's probably um, the most. But like ten and eleven was not uncommon for like our grandparents. Yeah, Rachel's right? yeah. got seven, right? 
Yep. My grandparents were each one of 12 and one of 10. Oh, yeah. My grandparents, like. Hey, that's what happens when you have to have babies to work the farm. The farm. So seriously, and, and babies don't always survive. That's the other thing. Like a lot of times, they were dying before too. So my grandma Johnson on my mom's side. That is exactly what it was. That there was like ten or twelve of them, and my grandma's mom died when she was like six. Mm-hmm. So my grandpa remarried relatively quickly and had more kids, but they seriously ran the farm. Like for real, they ran yeah. the farm. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that is exactly it's why free it labor. My um, grandma yeah. and one of my aunts were pregnant at the same time. It happens. That does happen. So where were you born? Provo. Provo. Yeah, I'm proud. Utah proud to be in to the be heart of here, it all. You know? Yeah. Such so a grow up in Provo. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know Provo I High mean, School. I did. Yeah. Provo High. Uh, what's the mascot, Jeremy, of Provo High? I don't know. I know the it valley. Was a bulldog. It's a bulldog. You're the bulldog. Provo High bulldog. Uh, see, I know. That's I know judges. the. I know the valley. It's kind of ironic. Well. Yeah. Catholic school and the uh, school down in Provo have Happy the same Valley mascot. have the same mascot. My high school it got bought by BYU, and so they they built they've built a new high school, uh, and my elementary school doesn't exist anymore either. <laughs> so that's pretty normal. Really, yeah, I'm starting to feel old. I, I guess. think Salt Lake so just announced <laughs> that they were closing. Exists, but it's not the same building. Yeah, so ours we went to Granger, which they bulldozed and built a new one. So I mean. Granger exists, but not the Granger we went to. That's long gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still Granger High School. It though. is, yeah. But like Salt Lake City is closing four elementary schools, or at least that's the proposal for next year. Yeah, it's pretty that. crazy. That's a lot of schools. But so when you don't have kids, that's you gotta, so is your family of the predominant faith of the uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The provost, you know, the Mormons. Yeah, I was born Mormon. My whole family's still Mormon, but not me. <laughs> I'm the only one not Mormon. Someone's got to. Someone's got to buck guess, the trend. Yeah, I just fulfill that role. Yeah, I got to have a black sheep somewhere, and why not be the baby? Because they still love you, probably. So. Yeah, fortunately, that's, that's good. They, so, they kept me around. <laughs> so, uh, high school. Then what happens after high school? Uh, well, I love to travel. I was doing lots of traveling. I actually graduated high school with my associate's degree. Super, oh. super driven. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so I went to BYU because my dad worked there. I got half off tuition. Oh, yeah. Well, Good reason to go. You can't argue with that. I mean, no. it's like uh, my brother-in-law works for the U, so his kids went to the U because why wouldn't you mm-hmm. pay half or third or whatever the tuition is? So it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, I would have... I, I had a fine experience at BYU, but... But you didn't try to grow a beard, so you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the social scene, it changed from high school to college. Is Now, all of a sudden, everyone wants to, like, get married and be serious. And so How many times were you proposed to at BYU? I wasn't, you know. you know, And so, and I'm proud to say I graduated, you know, not being married, so I'm one of the rare ones. But... um, No soaking. Guy, guy, no, man. Guys did not pursue me, to be honest. And I probably just didn't give them the verbiage that they wanted to hear was soaking a thing though that was i have no idea that's a relatively new thing isn't it no i I don't think it is i think just knowing about it is but back to what you were saying (laughs) as opposed to what you guys are talking about i'm sorry anytime someone brings up soaking it derails okay i I think that determined women there are not a lot of men that are able to handle that Maybe. Like it's not very in early twenties. It's it's a there because especially not a BYU, BYU. boy. Yeah, yeah. I just handle I, a woman with her own attitude and her own goals. Yeah, and, like yeah. I really feel like it. Like it takes somebody else that's very confident and very powerful in themselves to be able to be like, 
yeah, this is this is well to I'm think of a, with this person. a woman as an equal and not. Yeah, so I don't know. the things I was talking about, I said, you know, I want to travel and do my own business yeah. and I'm in school and it, it was nothing about let's get married in a temple yep. and have kids right away. So, yeah. so I just didn't want to be a baby factory a for your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> so, so traveling, what kind of traveling did you do? Um, in high school, I was in FCCLA. It's a, a leadership club. And so I do a lot of traveling throughout the U.S. and go to leadership conferences. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, this is really great. And then one of my aunts at the time served a mission in Thailand, and this whole trip came about, hey, we should go visit her. When I was 16, I went to Thailand, and it just blew my mind, because I could actually see, you know, there's more than one way to live and and do things, and it was so rich in culture. Uh-huh. It's, it's on the other side of the world. Well, yeah. you talk about two very different places, Provo, Utah. Yeah, Thailand. Yeah, but ever since then, I said, you know, I just want to keep traveling, mm-hmm. and I did throughout high school and college, I would book trips. That's and if I awesome. met people in college and whatnot that were from other countries, I'd pursue those friendships and say, hey, you know, I'd love to come and see you and your family where you're from. I ended up going to Argentina and the Philippines nice. and different places. Um, so I'd meet return missionaries. Um, and one of them was a female who served a mission in Argentina. Huh. And she said, oh, you know, I want to go back and visit my mission. And if you want to come with me, then oh, sure, come. So, so I would cool. just tag along Tour and guide. get this really cultural experience. And so my undergrad for BYU was actually, I studied anthropology, which is just like sociology, mm-hmm. studying culture and so, society. So I just got to ask this and I'll stop being an ass about it. But uh, studying that at Provo, was it a pretty like whitewashed version? Well, here's <laughs> the thing. It was like kind of like my sanctuary because I mean... I wasn't very different in high school, I don't think. But once I started going to BYU, there was a big difference. Like, not only the men didn't really seem to pursue me, but, yeah, I just had different ideas and talked about different things. And and socially, I kind of had a hard time making new friends, which was never an issue until college. But at least the anthropology department was the most open-minded department Hmm. you could think of because you're studying different cultures, different ways of thinking. You know, I actually was studying, not only do I have to take my religious Mormon courses, but I'm taking courses on Islam and learning about other people's religions and cultures. So I guess that's what I wonder is if they really teach it. Like It, it felt it was still open-minded for me that's good. and the people were open. And, and so I'm really glad I had some good. new friends. Because I'm sure if you took the same course at the U, it'd be a whole different... Probably game, just but just one one step at a time for me, sure. you know. So like it fit me at the time; it was perfect. So at what point did you decide I'm I'm done with my parents' lifestyle? I want to live my own. Was that somewhere in the college days? Or yeah, was it- like the day after I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm out of BYU, got the degree. It's time to be done. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, sometimes things take time in your mind for you to fully realize what you're doing. I just knew I was going in the steps in the right steps for me is right at BYU. You have to maintain an active membership and mm-hmm. pay tithing. And, and I did all of that on top of tuition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but they BYU gives um, a discount. It, it's actually, you get a discount for being a Mo for being Mormon. Yeah. If you go to BYU non-Mormon, you pay a completely different mm-hmm. tuition rate. Unless you're on the football team. Well, it's just like yeah. if you if you go to a parochial school, if you go to Catholic school and you are a practicing right. Catholic, so you my get a kids big went discount. to Catholic school from birth to 
graduation. End of graduation. Yeah, end of high school. And that's the same thing and if you go to Notre Dame yeah. or St. Mary's or or um, a lot of people don't know, like a lot of the really good basketball schools Gonzaga. in the country, Gonzaga, they're all Catholic schools. So, um, And if you're a practicing, you know, get Catholic, all of the things. You, you get a discount get going to yeah. those schools. It's so the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I played the game and, and I wasn't really questioning things at the time. I just knew I didn't want to get married in the temple. And, <laughs> and they started making you go to singles ward. And, and mm. I wasn't really socializing very well with people. So as soon as I graduated from BYU, I moved up and uh, just lived with my brother and got a job at Snowbird. Nice. Oh, and I wanted so to do the traveling did tours. Did your book say doesn't play well with others? <laughs> Is that what they... <laughs> yeah, you're most back. likely to leave the church <laughs> maybe uh, i don't know no. i don't know but um i just did what was right for me i i basically just stopped going to church i was like you know i don't socialize with these people well i'm not trying to get married i, I would just love traveling and That's meeting awesome, people though. from all over so i became a tram driver at snowbird and and just oh, I, bet you got to, I was just gonna say, but you got to meet a ton of people. Yeah. I know, so I know yeah. I, when I went to the U back in the late 1900s, that's what half the people that lived on campus worked at the ski resorts, and that was what they wanted to do. So go to school, but but the whole point was you right there. Well, not right there at the U, but you're close to the different ski resorts. So I had a couple of roommates who worked up at Brighton, and they loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. And but for I, you, it sounds like that was. It like, was the gateway. I yeah. said, I'll, I'll do this for six months. Like, it's a winter job. It's considered just a seasonal job. Right. And then I, I had hooked up a, another job in Alaska for the summer. Sweet. At a glass blowing studio. Oh, oh. And it's a cruise ship destination up in Skagway, Alaska. We've been there. Yeah, yeah we there. have. To so, the glass blowing yes. studio? Yeah, yeah. Jewel yes. Gardens. So, just before COVID, and I mean, just before COVID, we did the Alaska cruise. I got engaged yeah. on the Mendenhall Glacier. Oh, that's awesome. And we went up it there and awesome. I know the, I know the exact place yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. I got this job as a tour guide and I was stoked, you know, couldn't wait. So I did a season here and, and I had met who became my husband, Jake. So is he working at the ski resort too? He worked at Alta. Oh. And, and I'll tell you what, the, the funnest, no, oh. it, it was, it was great because but on the back side of the mountain, Snowbird and Alta are connected, right. and there's one little shack with one employee, and they won't let um, snowboarders come over because Alta ski oh, only. Right. right. He worked that shack, and he started dating me, and so it was kind of fun as I would work at Snowbird and get off and then meet for at the, the shack. day, meet at the shack, and he'd let me over, just me, you know, and I'd go snowboarding down nice. Alta, just just one run down, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. I I love Alta. I ski now, but um, but. People would spray me, that's you know, with snow, well, and they'd say things. Like, they'd pass me on the mountain. Yeah, there was Alta, that's all this like, conflict. They did not want a snowboarder there. That's that's like West Side Story right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's so yeah. stupid too. Alta, <laughs> it is, Alta but... is holding out. Alta and Deer Valley. There's only three ski resorts, and those are two of them that are ski only still. That's too funny. Which is it. funny because their land's all fucking leased anyway. Yeah. So you made it the Love Shack. Yeah, yeah. So I, well, I so date, at the time were you dating or was it more yeah, like a right no. right when I met him we started dating and I mean the funny story, so he worked at Alta and I worked at Snowbird. We would uh so was, take the bus up. Was he a hoity toity skier then? And no, no. Um he's from Wisconsin and he Don't was you know. working in Arizona but lost his job down there as an engineer when like the two thousand eight crash happened. Uh. He held out for as long as he could. And he, he came up to Utah just a month or two before me because his aunt and uncle lived here and hooked him up with a job at, at Alta. Gotcha. And he said, you know, 
I've always wanted to come to Utah. I wanted to give this a shot. It's time for a new start in my life. Sure. So, so you guys are around the same age here. or is he a little bit older? He's six years older. So okay. when I, because I graduated high school with an associate's, I actually graduated college early too. I was only 20. And so I'm taking the bus up to Snowbird and he's riding the same bus up to, up to Alta because we're going to work. And, um, and I only took that bus for like a week or so, but I was really high energy. I was so excited maybe to get out of Provo. And, um, <laughs> so when I get on the bus, I'm just high fiving people and I'm like, yeah, you know, so glad to be here. And, and he was kind of just coming off of a, a low point in his life. And he remembered looking up and just seeing me and my energy and this he crazy just says, chick high five and everybody on yeah, the bus. I want to get a piece of that. And, um, <laughs> and so he needs that in his life. That's what he saw. And, but I stopped taking the bus. I realized I could go an hour later and still get to work on time, but he knew what vehicle I was driving. Like he paid attention. We're all parking in the same parking lot and taking this employee bus up. <laughs> so and he, he actually left a note on my van. And so this was the first guy that pursued me. Because before, you know, I just like at a being at a pursued. stalker level. Well, I know people say. <laughs> I mean, like that's you, weird. You, but you're like the dude watched me get into my car several weeks and <laughs> like, knew what and I drove. So, so I get this note on my van. You know, a week or two later, he says, "Hey, I met you on the bus one time. If you want to go get a drink sometime, let me know." And and I was excited. I did. I called him. And but the thing is, I'm only 20, and I'd kind of gotten good about not disclosing my age, I sure. guess, because I'm younger. Yeah. And he was already asking to go to a bar, which I can't go into. And so I said, let's go snowboarding. Let's go do other things. And for a cu- the first couple of months we were dating, I would just keep doing that. He's like, oh, let's go get a drink. And I said, let's go rock climbing and let's go do this. <laughs> and so he was kind of, you know, falling for me, but at the same time, didn't know my age. And when he did find out, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> He says he wouldn't have pursued me if he knew my age and he knew my background. But so now, how old was he at the he's time? In. He's 26 and I was 20. So yeah. my ex-husband and I have the same but... age difference. And Which... he got set up with me and his rule was nobody under 21. And he's like, I don't so, know. So here's, yeah. here's the hard and fast rule you can go by. And he was within limits. Half your age plus, plus seven. seven. So at 26... That's 13 plus 7 is 20, so you're just fine. There you go. There's, there, I, I like to use that rule as a good guide to, because your maturity is so different, especially when you're really young. Well, and like, especially it sounds like you were very mature for your age. So, you know, like. But, like, think about it. Like a like a 22-year-old dating a 16-year-old is not good. Right. right. Right? Like, there's a very big yeah. difference in maturity level there. Well, and just in life experience. Like yeah. you were, uh, you were out and on your own, and you yeah, finished college, yeah, like yeah. at so an early age, like there that's are, where it starts. Yeah. To, yeah. I, I was completely innocent, though. Oh, yeah. sure. in, in all sure. the other fronts, right. I was not very. And even among my travels, I still traveled with like these rose-colored Mormon glasses on. You know, I I'd had all these really cool cultural experiences, but I would go to church in these places that I was at and I would connect with members there. But now, now we're talking about me in college and right after college, I was able to kind of do my own thing and branch out and find out who I was and, and start to think a little more for myself. So yeah. it's all good. Oh, that's so, great. so how did you get into making stuff with butterflies? I mean, it's not <laughs> just butterflies, but it's really butterflies. 
You know, it's interesting because, like, a lot of things boil down to within a week of each other is, is I graduated BYU, came up to uh, Salt Lake and started working at Snowbird, met Jake that week. But to celebrate graduating BYU, I said, I'm going to take myself on a little cruise, um, just a three-day cruise off of Florida, and they go to Key West. And one of their tourist attractions was a butterfly house. And they're way more common now, but back then, not as common. And so they they build a greenhouse and this create this artificial environment for tropical butterflies. And then you pay to go in. These beautiful butterflies are flying around you. And my mom went with me, and this was all to celebrate me getting my bachelor's degree. And we just had this magical experience. When we came out of it, we saw their gift shop, and they were um, reusing the butterflies and, and turning them into art, jewelry, and framing them. And the butterflies died right, right there on the mm-hmm. at the right. tourist attraction because every day butterflies are dying. You know, where they live a much shorter life. The average lifespan is like two weeks. And so everyday butterflies do die on the farms, wow. even these tourist attractions. They, they live a shorter life than in the wild if they live in the wild. Because, mm-hmm. like, the average lifespan in the wild is probably significantly less than two weeks, but that's probably because a lot of them don't actually make it to two weeks, is my guess. Yeah, Getting that's true. And whatever yeah. else. Yeah. Unless they're monarchs hanging out on milkweed and being poisonous as shit to every predator on the planet, <laughs> they're dying a lot more frequently, like birds gobble but that's, things up. But that's a really good idea to use yeah. them. Because yeah, I was impressed. And well, I, and they're I also just in good shape, right? Because like, a lot depends. of butterflies that it die depends. in the wild, like they're... A lot of times they're pretty messed up. Like so, so die. here's the thing. So that was the first butterfly experience I'd had, and it was more of a tourist attraction, like I mm-hmm. said. And since then, more butterfly houses have opened up. One is right here in Thanksgiving Point mm-hmm. called the Butterfly Biosphere. Yeah. Similar concept, and uh, we actually buy their butterflies. We have an arrangement oh, nice. with them. And Uncle then we Sue turn around one. and s- they did, like, yeah, a long when, time you ago. You guys were little. You remember that? But going to the yeah, butterfly. Yeah, so had a bird room that you could feed. Yeah, and, it, and then sometimes there's the butterflies. Stick with the feed, the bird, and it had all the butterflies. And anyway, it was before my time. I'd heard about it. Yeah. It was I, really cool. I think it was just a seasonal thing. I yeah. think it was. Yeah, they just did it with the season. Yeah, when the butterflies were yeah. around. So I get, I get from these farms, including Thanksgiving Point, but um. Now that I'm in the industry, I had also found resources where the farms are in the the rainforest as well. Mm. So there's two different kinds of farms. The tourist attraction that I told you about, and then the ones like actually in the middle of the rainforest. Like protected habitats. Yes. And so this is protected land. It's generally not open to the public. And their primary purpose is protecting the land and increasing the survival rate so they can actually help the butterflies survive more. And, and so they go through butterflies more often. And, um, and I get from both sources. The ones that are private aren't quite as damaged because you're saying, oh, they must be pristine. But the ones I get from the butterfly biosphere, since they're encountering the public and sometimes people step oh, on the butterflies yeah. or things Hit can on. be happening. And yeah. so I, I get damaged butterflies as well and i've just built my art around that i found really really good methods for disguising damage however i'm sure some of the damaged ones make for some pretty cool art doesn't yeah yeah they do i mean you can tell too like you can see like smaller earrings for example that are like circular Mm -hmm. you can do a lot with a damaged wing when you're only grabbing 
Yep. You know, a quarter of that wing to stick inside of yep. the. So the, we the were gym. at first. I was only framing the butterflies, but I was accumulating all these damaged wings and so little sections. Back and up I, just a I little. I ended up making jewelry out of. How it. did you start doing it? Okay. Well, I, I was really inspired. So I, I was on this cruise. I found the butterfly house in Key West and saw that they were reusing their butterflies for art. And I just figured if I could get a hold of these butterflies, you know, as long as they're dying naturally, they're not being killed for right. this purpose initially, then I would love to get my hands on some of this. So I did research and I contacted some of these butterfly houses. And then uh, to get the ones in the, the farms in the rainforest, I, I had to get a U.S. Fish and Wildlife license. So I buy those butterflies from certified farms and then import them and pay these fees to bring them into the country. And so I'm ordering hundreds at a time. But at the beginning, it was just, it was smaller quantities. So kind of as a hobby or like kind of a... I, I wanted to build something. Well, right off I said, the bat, I'm it do was... This. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was pretty excited. I've recently <laughs> learned that things come into your life and it, if they come into your life at a, like a certain point... They just hit right. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Everything this just, yeah, just, it just hit just mm-hmm. perfectly timing and the way that you are open to it and your ability to, you know, have that drive that you mentioned to be able to turn it into a business that you love. Yeah, it was unique. I, I thought, hey, you know, this is a really good idea. And growing up, I have that whole same beehive mentality, work really hard. I, I'm a seamstress. I loved wood shop and I was making furniture and just, I had started, um, hiring out my seamstress skills and I called it Zell's finishing touch and I made cool. pillows and purses. And so I was already making stuff and, um, you know, you just make a little money here and there. But when I saw the butterfly art, it was really unique. And I thought, you know, I could really do something with this. So, so I, I have a, so you started with shadow box type stuff then with just the butterflies and some sort of, I don't know, like a created like shadow a traditional box. form of art. Yeah. We started traditional. My mom went on that cruise with me and she had already been drying flowers and making just like some flower arrangements. And so I figured, you know, if we could incorporate the butterfly, we're, we're recreating this nature scene mm-hmm. in a 3D shadow box. And that was the original concept. And, and we still make that product today. And mm-hmm. I think it's some of our most unique art. Um, we've branched out and make all different kinds of art now. And, and we sell a little less of the flower shadow boxes than our more modern designs, I think, just because it's, you know, more traditional. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got lots of styles now. So when you get into the jewelry, that's primarily a driver of all the damage stuff that you were getting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So customer feedback, number one, is, you know, you got to listen to what the customer asks. And they just, for years, I I kind of refused. I said, I don't want to make jewelry, you know. I just feel like everyone makes jewelry. It's a cop out. <laughs> but everyone people does wanted make jewelry, it. But these are the, your your pieces are beautiful. People wanted it. I started acquiring all these extra wings I didn't know what to do with. And so I experimented and, and got into it eventually where I make smaller pendant jewelry. Mm-hmm. I can just take little sections of the wing and it's really helpful. And and it really comes down half of our sales are jewelry and half hmm. are shadow box mixed media arts. So and it's a really it's great use of the product that you're getting that otherwise, I mean, essentially would just go in the garbage, right? Yep. Yep. And Reuse so a, everything if we can. Yeah. It's a really good way to go through that stuff. And I, and I will say like the, 
especially the earrings, like the ones that you have yeah, on that are like a big wearing. chunk of the wing. This is the whole wing. Yeah. yeah, like that's just absolutely stunning. And there are a lot of people that make art like that that's like a piece of jewelry that looks like a butterfly wing, but it's not actually a butterfly wing. It's glass or some kind of acrylic. That's the actual wing. Mm-hmm. And they're probably from the same butterfly, I would assume, when yeah. you're doing them in a pair like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because <laughs> they're not exactly easy to get two that look so close together that weren't from the same butterfly, I would think. Well, the other yeah. cool thing is every single one's unique. Yep. Because every butterfly, even though it's the same species, they're all going to have their own unique pattern. And, and everyone seems to have their own connections to butterflies. And so it is not only a unique product, but people are already kind of, you know, connected to it and can personalize with it. So it's, it's funny because the biggest concern is, did the butterflies die naturally? And, huh. and so when they, when people walk across our booth and see us for the first time, they go from horror on their face, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, cause they're making these assumptions. You can just see their brain these, working. Yeah. Like, did you Why kill these butterflies? butterflies? And so we usually just interject and, and we try and be very informational and approachable and we tell them about butterfly farms and then you can yeah, just I, see their, the reaction change. I think that you should have like imagery of like factory farming. You know how like they take, the this cows. is going to get, fucking kind Some of grotesque, but I think this would be great. Belt. Yeah, you know how, like, they have the cows and they're, you know, they do the, the whole brain shot thing and then they hang them and you should have, like, imagery that you create in Photoshop of, like, butterflies hanging from their feet. Like, Don't do that. Don't listen to, to me. Sh- to we, we take a really nice approach. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it's a scary. sensitive topic. Yeah. It's, it's just, but it's just wild to me, like, what, do you think she just goes into the forest and fucking murders butterflies? Like, <laughs> It's not exactly something that would be easy to do anyway. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah. And then if I was catching it, there would be more damage and yeah. it wouldn't be this, this perfect butterfly in a frame. They're like, they're assuming, you don't ca- you you can't catch, catch this? I'm like, no, it would never look like yeah. that. Also, do you see how much stuff I sell? Do you think I have that kind of time? Well, yeah. send out the ki- That's why you're having so many kids. So you can send them out to catch the butterflies in the forest. <laughs> yeah, have, little yeah. kids are building not on do a that, farm. Though. Especially little kids would not. Yeah, they. Yeah, that, that would there's happen. not tropical species. I used to in tear Utah. the wings off of butterflies when I was little. They might, yeah. Kids, so you're the kids reason they're terrified. Butterflies. That's why yeah, they're terrified. It would terrified. be like the one, and then they would like play with it, and then yeah, so, they wouldn't be good at. They so wouldn't be good at mass production. Were you yeah. guys married when all this started, or was this something you started before you guys got married? Um, so everything boiled down to that week, right? I, I graduate week. BYU, I meet him, I go to this butterfly farm that gives me the idea. And, and um, that summer, I went up and worked in Alaska at, at the, the Jewel Gardens doors, doing yeah. the glass blowing. And we were doing long distance, my boyfriend and I at the time. But I, I knew, I said, you know, I've got this idea and I want to keep dating this guy. And, and even though I was planning on doing seasonal work for a while, I thought it'd be so fun to travel the world and, and go work somewhere else for six months. And then six months later, go to a beach town or something like that. But I had this idea. And so I said, you know, I got to get back to Salt Lake and at least start something and see where this goes. And so after Alaska, I came back and, and I just learned with experimentation. I, I kept dating Jake. And then I started getting butterflies and experimented. It took me four years where it's basically my side job is I had a day job and you go home and, and you're building something. You're passionate mm-hmm. about it. It's not, it doesn't even feel like work when it's what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. But eventually I turned it into my day job. 
So, so he was he was there from the from the beginning. Yeah, what, that's awesome. Does he, does he support you? Does he help you? Does he mm-hmm. do part of it? Yeah. So eventually, his background is structural engineering, and as I'm building this butterfly business, and then I'm able to turn it into my job, and then it was growing, and I needed help. I was about to have to hire help, and he's kind of a little at a turning point in his life. Is his career was fulfilling, but. At the same time, when you're just working in an office, he felt like he was dying a little bit, you know, (laughs) like he was losing a little bit of his soul. I'm out there having adventures and growing to the point where I might need to hire someone. And he's like, oh, man, like that sounds more fun than what I'm doing. But the only problem is he has student loan debt. So he has Mm -hmm. to get paid X dollars, you know, and 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 whoever I was going to hire was probably not Not going to be making that much to pay. But but. I, I kind of, the way we set it up is we pay ourselves low, so we accrue business profits at the mm-hmm. end of the year. And, and I accumulated business profits. I was going to remodel our kitchen and hire an employee all kind of around the same time. And, but he realized, he said, you know, like, I would love to join you if only these student loans didn't exist. And I said, okay, how much is it? How much do you owe? Cause, I mean, we're just boyfriend, girlfriend, but I mean, I'm committed to him and everything. And he owed around 30 grand. And that was like how much I was going to remodel my kitchen for. And so I just said, you know, I'll, I'll pay it off. You know, I'll pay it off and, and then you can come join me and then I'll pay you a lower wage. But if there is no student loan payment every month, you know, I don't have to pay you ridiculously high. Right. So that's what we did. I, I, I just delayed remodeling my kitchen and like a, a year or two later made enough business profits where I could do the kitchen just at a later date. That's so, pretty sweet. That's yeah. really great. I can see why you scared away the BYU boys. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents didn't understand. They, I mean, maybe other people don't understand either. It's like why you would do something it's a pretty bold for move someone else like that. You that know, I, not, we weren't even married. That, yeah, that you, I, I can see. As a parent, I can see that. But. Obviously, it worked out. Well, I mean, yeah. that's a, it's a, I think when you know, you know, I mean, look, Bree and I were together, what, 10 years before we decided to get married? I mean, we talked about it plenty, but we've only been married. We owned the house together before we Yeah, married. for a long time. <laughs> like, but that's just one of the things, like, it just wasn't the right time to get married for us yet. So, I think sometimes you just know when you know. And I think, especially here in Utah, we're so used to people being like, Okay, I've known him for three months. We're gonna go get married now. Yeah, like, I feel like you. sometimes marriage comes before commitment. Sometimes, yeah. And I think commitment should come first. And for us, for us, I think it was more just we just kind of wanted to. It wasn't we didn't need to. You know, we had the house. No, I needed. My to. kids were. I want to make sure if she's on her deathbed, I can pull the plug. <laughs> That's but, not actually I mean, even a joke, but honestly. But I mean, you know, there are, the, there are the benefits that come with being legally married, but like, it's... it's I've been people, calling her my wife you know, for, there's, for There's divorce, years. like, it, that's not the thing that keeps you together. No. And so, you know, if you're just, if you're committed to someone and it, it doesn't matter, I don't think that, that I don't yeah. think that that matters. And this comes from, I... My kid, I'm a mom of like a 25 and a 23 year old. So like I'm in that danger zone of, you know, them making a dumb mistake like that. And I just still feel like it's their mistake to make mm-hmm. and it's their life to live. And if you hadn't done that, you know, your life would be extremely different than, than my kids also now. know that if they date someone that I think is a moron, I'll tell them that that person's a moron because <laughs> I don't hold stuff back like that. Yeah. 
But that's just, I mean, my kids know that, you know. So, so he joined up with you, and has it yeah. been is smooth it sailing ever since? Is your business now? I would say it's smooth sailing, <laughs> but his office is on the opposite end of the house. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. work. So his office is over there, and mine's up on the first story. And never the two shall. Yeah, yeah. it's very. It's uh, and like We're even two floors apart. Like today. Uh, we both work from home today all day, and I think we saw each other once all day until, like, the end of the day. Like, it's just not... Jake and I are together, I would say, 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. We see each other all the time. You know, so I'll go give him a task. He'll go down into his office and do it, and he comes back up <coughs> and asks for the next task. I, I am boss lady. Mm-hmm. He basically asks me out the day he <coughs> saw me on the bus, and I took over ever since. <laughs> hey, there's a reason you weren't approached by a lot of BYU boys. That's yeah, what I yeah. say. So I, I even proposed to him, So and he said no the first time. Wow. <laughs> so. You're like, so, I paid your fucking loans off, dude. I know. <laughs> so what kind of stuff does he do? Is he like actually building stuff, making stuff, or... Yeah, he helps spread the butterflies and do the jewelry prep, and at the end of each night, we pour resin, our jewelry sealed in uh-huh. a resin, and um, and then we walk away from our office at the end of the night because you don't want to be in your <coughs> office and get dust particles in the resin oh, and whatnot. Yeah. Let so, that all set overnight. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's he's helping me make all the product, but um, I am the front. I'm where all the other hats. I'm all marketing, wholesale clients. I make the new online listings. I order inventory, um, all communication, mm-hmm. everything. Like you were saying. You know, and he's my assistant. He's like, how can I help you? That's awesome. And then you guys go to the different fairs and the different markets, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. We sell at art shows. We sell online and we wholesale to some retail locations. So I have a question because I know you've got all the jewelry and stuff on the website. And um, I I love your stuff. And I'm not a big shadow box fan, but there's a picture on your website on the front page of a piece of wood that looks like it's got a you know a butterfly and a flower arrangement like resined in it. Mm-hmm. I would buy that in a heartbeat. I think it's absolutely beautiful. And there's nothing like that on your website to buy. And it's so sad to me. Oh well, so so the flower pieces we normally only sell in person. So luckily, you know, if you see me at a Utah show, you actually get access to more products oh, that's cool. than otherwise. And and that is one of our most unique products. I think if if we're talking about the same one, but we found. Um, some hollow logs. I have to be careful. So yeah, yeah. And oh, so, like, it's really a naturally cool. yeah. hollowed out tree log where we put the the. And those are hard flowers. to find too, actually. Yep, the flowers and the butterfly arrangement on the inside. Is it lit, or is it that? Just, is that just the? I'm sure there's. It, it's really the colorful, all on its own. Yeah. It doesn't need lighting because it's got it's that really bright, hard bright to make, blue very background. Yeah. It, the the thing is, is some of our most unique pieces take the longest to sell. You never know. Maybe it just needs the right type of buyer, you know? But sometimes we, like, shoot ourselves in the foot. We set up our booth, and um, some of the pieces in our booth are, are we like more than others. But they, they'll they be in our booth the longest, you know? And people don't normally ask us these kind of questions, but every once in a while someone will come in and be like, what's your favorite butterfly? What's your favorite art piece in here? And when when Jake first joined the business... And it was kind of hard for him huh. is, is people would say, okay, I want to buy this and this. And then he'd be like, you don't want to buy that. He's like, you want to buy this, <laughs> you know, the, the, <laughs> the better quality thing, or this yeah. one's, you know, for whatever reason. And I was like, Jake, 
shut up. You know, <laughs> when someone says they want to buy something, they've made their mind up. You know, you don't like tell them, you don't talk them out of it. Yeah, well, because it's, I mean, stuff like this, like, even though it's someone else's artwork, it's also very personal, like, yeah. because people like what they like, you know? That's, well, that, that's why I've always said, and we've always said, buying art for somebody is one of the hardest things mm-hmm. because you may think it's amazing. Get it to somebody as a, as a gift and they're like, this is crappy mm-hmm. because art is so personal. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the most fun art we can make is we'll take quotes. If you want to give me your inspirational quote or a family photo, I really like doing custom pieces. Um, the customer can help pick out the butterfly Sometimes if you find your own butterfly while you're hiking or something like that, people mm. contact me and they say, I have a butterfly to provide, but I don't know what to do with it's it. It's still alive. How do I kill it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, so I'll preserve the butterfly for them. And that's a lot of fun. And one of our most unique customizable products is the background is a hot air balloon. Um, so I've got some new backgrounds. My mom is a, has become this really good painter. So not only does she help me make the flower shadow boxes, but I can just tell her to paint these different backgrounds now. And and then I can get those reprinted and used as backgrounds in my shadow boxes. And so I have this one steampunk looking butterfly hot air balloon. So the balloon part is like a bunch of butterflies. Um, and, and then when I make it in the shadow box with real butterflies, I put real butterflies and that's a great way to use the damaged butterflies is I'll overlap them and I can hide damage. But the way I can customize that piece is, um, there, the original piece is just a man in the basket of the hot air balloon. But if you provide a family photo or someone, um, who's passed away or your pet or something like that is you provide the photo and it's a $50 upgrade, and I'll put that photo, I'll, I'll oh, so cool. Photoshop it in the basket and then oh. get the poster printed and then make the shadow box from there. I was working on a piece just right before I came here. You know, I I customized the background and, and make a really fun That's product. That's really cool. That's yeah. so, cool. so you're basically a really highly specialized taxidermist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just insects. So I work with beetles and grasshoppers, but, any oh, winged really insect. Cool. I do, do they, not I have like a mount. blue cicada from them. It's do they like, call do they call you. people that do insect mounting taxidermists? Is there a specific word for it? Uh, well, there really isn't a word because an entomologist is someone who studies, studies insects, them, yeah. you know, not making the art. And I wouldn't call myself a taxidermist because I don't do, I don't stuff animals. But you, you know, preserve dead things. I know. I mean, I just say I'm an artist. We, Jake and I, we like to call ourselves business hippies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's We're working fair. with that's different fair. titles. So I'm open to suggestions if I, you have any new titles I mean, that's for just, me. I'm just saying as a search term for like Google AdWords, you know. Specialized taxidermy might be a good one for you. I'm Maybe not... my favorite, a coworker of mine before I quit my my job, he he was an old like seventy five year old guy, and he used to call me Madam Butterfly. Oh, that's a go. good that's, that's a good cool. title. Yeah. So, <laughs> Madam Butterfly. Yeah. I, like I can't it. stop thinking about this. So I'm gonna have to say it, but I don't know if you realized this when you were talking about how you how people view your art and how people view you. But it's the same. Yeah. Well, one thing artists have a hard time with is um, if you sit in the back of your booth and don't talk to anyone, you're never going to make sales. Half of what people are buying is you, you right. know, especially. But shows, no, no yeah. I mean, like personally, you were, you talk about how you couldn't find that right person. And then you found that right person like that. You just the way that you describe you and your husband 
it's like you're the art and he was the art collector because <laughs> you were unusual enough. You just had to find that right person. And then once you did, it's the perfect piece of art for the, the perfect person. Well, thank you. So, I don't know. I just, I saw, I just collected you. I'm just going yeah, back to the like stalker just, thing. As long like, as it's not pinning you to a board, that just gets <laughs> creepy. That's why, I, I mean, mean, look. She can do whatever she wants. Okay, look. So I just want to throw some stuff. You guys come up. I, I'm not a true crime person, so those of you that are can maybe fill it in. So her husband first stalked her after meeting her once on the bus. Then he figured out what vehicle she drove. Left a creepy note on the vehicle got for her. her. Got, her, got her to pay off all his debt. Yep, yeah. got her to pay off his debt for him. So this might be cult related too. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, they had both left. Uh, well, at least she had left a, another religious organization that's that's very we'll religious throughout her life. No. Um, and I think you were just the sugar mama. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So and now at this point, their hobby slash profession is the mutilation of <laughs> dead creatures. I wouldn't call it mutilation. Okay, so the um, manipulation there. of dead creatures. <laughs> now I'm just saying, I'm just throwing those facts out there. As someone who listens to murder podcasts, no, <laughs> it's not. A, that's those aren't tied to serial killers. It at could all. be worse. It. it <laughs> No. I'm not murdering humans. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, look, and Jeffrey Dahmer started with bidding. animals. So, well, so I would be worried if, if like, if there's stuff in all, cats, that would be different. I'd be worried if that happened and she did his bidding, but he does her bidding. Was, so it's fine. Speaking of Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm going to go <laughs> off topic for a second here. Sort of off topic. I mean, this is very. You're always off topic. No, was it on the show that someone was telling us that their, um, like their dad was a dude that Jeffrey Dahmer potentially stalked and then didn't well, kill. It wasn't a dude. It was. A- it, we had someone on the show. Yeah, it was like her aunt. Yeah, like yeah. one of the like no, someone. No, 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 no. So her, she had told a story how her dad used to jog where Dahmer grew up in his neighborhood. No, no. I think that you're. I know what story you're talking about, but I don't think that. I think that that was just something. That we was heard just about. something we had talked to someone about. Yeah. Yeah. So someone was talking. Had told a story. Uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. They had told a story, but basically, like, their dad was jogging around the time Jeffrey Dahmer first killed, and Jeffrey Dahmer had talked about he started getting infatuated with this guy that used to jog by his house, and then suddenly that the guy... The day that he was going to do something, he didn't come the by. The guy didn't come by. And so she went to her dad and was like, was there ever a time during this time period where you didn't jog and he was like oh yeah i hurt myself and i couldn't jog, jog for, for like, like two a month or, or whatever and it just so happened he hurt himself right then and so there was 100%. like another year before he actually killed yeah that's like 100 percent was going to be jeffrey Dahmer's first victim see it's wow. definitely not them sorry yeah <laughs> sorry i got talking about like coincidental serial killer stuff i mean you have made here i am comparing her to art and here you are comparing her to a serial well, I, killer. I always say when we have artists on the show um because usually the artists that we have on the show have some form of successful business and it's their ability to put some passion that they have and in your case it's a passion for butterflies they have the ability to take that passion and turn it into something that is tangible enough that they can make a living and and, and have a life doing it um, and that's just what you've done here is you've taken your your love for dead things and um, living things that eventually die. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not because I think it's it's wonderful that you've been able to find a way to 
take your art and express yourself in a way that allows you to have a business and a life and, and be a successful human and have children of your own. And So how did you come up with the name for your business? Uh, well, so uh, Asana is just a still yoga meditative position. And since the butterflies have passed on, they're dead. It's still life art. I just felt like it was fitting. And, and then I wanted to say natural arts so that it didn't make me only work with butterflies. Right. I can work with any nature item, flowers or seashells or anything like that. So That's a cool name. I like it. Thanks. So how can people find your stuff? Okay. So the website, asananaturalarts.com. And it is a little outdated. I didn't get around to revamping it. I, I revamped my Etsy store. So that is the most common. If you went on Etsy, you type Asana Natural Arts, butterfly jewelry, uh, you should find it. And, and I'm paying for ads and everything. So if those ads are working, I should pop up. I should hopefully be one of the top three. Do you have an Instagram? Um, unfortunately, my account was hacked and I didn't ever get it back three years ago. I know I should try. Everyone tells me try, try and get your account back. And I get it. I should. I've basically taken a three year hiatus on posting anything butterfly related. So even though we still do it full time, it's very rewarding. Um, it supports my husband and I, there is no social media, but we're still kicking around or making some kick-ass stuff. And I've got huge goals and huge things I'm working on that aren't even butterfly-related. So I, I'm putting a lot of my new energy into making new businesses. And that's why, you know, I just maintain my art business for what it what it can offer mm-hmm. my husband and I. But I have not regained access to my Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's on the list. Julia's one time, got a lot one of time Jeremy there. locked us out of our Twitter account we because Twitter he prison. thought it would be really, really cool to make our birth date the day that we started the, the podcast. But then we were too young to at, be at on Twitter. At that point in time, three-year-olds mm. were not allowed to have Twitter accounts. Oh, wow. So, so it locked us instantly. I'm like, oh, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. We, that took a while <laughs> to get undone. Hey, things happen. Yesterday, I broke our website for four hours in the middle of the day. So. Oh, what happens? I didn't notice. So, well, that's because not not the podcast website. <laughs> no. Oh, my business website. Your work one. Yeah. Uh, they ha- sometimes these things happen. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, what? So you talk about your uh, a lot of the shows that you go to. What are some of the shows that you have coming up, or do you have some that are coming up? So in the winter season. We can't. We do a variety. We apply to art festivals, fine art festivals, and the best ones are in Utah. I'm very grateful for that. Um, it, the Utah Arts. The Park City Arts Festival, St. George, they all have a main fine arts festival. Uh, but it's hard to get into these shows. And jewelry is actually the most competitive category. Something that a lot of people don't know is that you're only supposed to sell what you were juried into. Mm-hmm. And so I will submit a jewelry application and a mixed media application, which is also challenging because if I only get in one category... Well, that's only 50% of my sales. Yeah. Like, I really kind of need to be able to display my whole booth. It's always a challenge. Um, is fine arts festivals, they'll probably limit, um, jewelry to only 30 booths and they, they could be receiving hundreds mm-hmm, of applications. Mm-hmm. And so I've only been able to do the Utah Arts Festival twice and Park City once. It took me 10 years just to get into Park City for the first time. That's so so crazy. it's hard. 
Um, but even the downtown farmer's market is like bread and butter for me. I mean, we do so well and, and I'm really grateful to be supported. Um, but then we also do a traveling show called the oddities and curiosities expo. And, and that's, that's where wearing. you that's see a lot of taxidermy. Right yeah. I'm wearing the I've, t-shirt. I follow them on. Yeah. One of the social yep. media that they have so much. They cool come to stuff. Salt Lake and that started about four or five years ago. And at first I was nervous because there will be like 15 butterfly booths. Since this is specifically wow. taxidermy yeah. show, we're not the only butterfly booth. So if we're at a fine arts festival, we're normally the only one and there's no competition. But if we're at the oddity show, there's like 15 of them. And what's surprising, we all do well, actually. And not to toot my own horn, but I think we have a very professional looking booth, a very professional product. We stay very affordable and we have a huge style range. And, and it's nice when you hear it from the customer because of course I'm biased. So, yeah. and I think I'm awesome, but the customer comes in and they say, Oh, thank you for providing an affordable product or you're like a breath of fresh air, you know, even compared to all these other butterfly booths. A lot of the times they'll be finding antique looking frames and, and just putting them in vintage frames or not even making it themselves right. at these oddity shows. They may not have even made it themselves. They might be getting it from. China, in a, it's something called like a Riker shadow box. That's where it's just in stuff padding, cotton padding in a cardboard box. Like it's crap, you guys. Mm. And I was like, I'm never, the butterfly deserves a proper frame. You know, we're going to honor this butterfly. So we try and put it, we put it in a solid wood shadow box that's made locally. We put it in nice jewelry, finished in a nice resin and, and then we still try and hit that affordability, mm-hmm. but quality, you know, make those two come together and the customer can tell. And, and it, it's really rewarding when the customer tells you that you're the best booth there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Julia, I know you're dying to do the bird. All right. Today's bird in the field guide to dumb birds of the whole stupid world. Today we have the dumbass European robin. Uh, also known as the Robin or the European Robin. Who'd have <laughs> oh, thought it? I thought you were going to do the dick whistle. No, I'm not doing that one. That one had a really boring description. The only funny thing was its name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In most of Europe, it is just another member of the old world flycatcher family. But in the UK, this ruddy faced dumbass holds a special place in people's hearts. In 2015, they voted it their national bird. Why? Who knows? It's clearly way too goddamn cheerful. Plus, that little son of a bitch will sing his stupid heart out in the middle of the night because it gets confused by the light from street lamps because it's a goddamn moron. (laughs) Speaking of voting for national birds, so there's some uh, competition in New Zealand where they have votes for, like, the best bird, and it becomes, like, the bird of the year for New Zealand or something. And uh, um, I don't know if any of you guys watch John Oliver stuff ever. Like, he has that show on HBO. Um, And... Sometimes they embark on journeys, let's say, um, to support weird and fucked up things just because they can. They have a campaign to uh, to have this bird win. It's called like the Tookie Tookie or something. John Tookie. Oliver went on like uh, like Jimmy Fallon's show, like the what the Tonight Show or whatever it was, mm-hmm. dressed in a full fucking costume of this bird. They have put billboards up all over the world, including like some podunk town in Wisconsin, all to get this bird, because you don't have to be from New Zealand to vote for it either, all to get this bird to win. <laughs> so, 
They've done some other crazy shit on that show. Like, they just, uh, I don't know, it's wild. Um, okay, so our affirmation for the day, uh, or the week, I guess, is, uh, you gonna cry about it or boss up? Pro tip, do both. Oh, this one's short, unlike last week's, which was like a mile long. You can do both. The real ballers feel their feelings and do what they know is right at the same time. You still, uh, you still the boss, even if you cry, the crying boss. I think that's pretty appropriate. I like that. Pretty much what our guest did. She just uh, decided to boss up. Ask her husband. She's the boss. <laughs> Very clearly. Yeah, he's he's on board now. Whatever I say. I mean, even recently, he's had his own medical scares, and and so I've been taking most of the responsibility um, in our house, just making sure that the business is taken care of. I pay all the bills and. And some of the other businesses that we're growing, it, it, it comes from me. So I say, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do this now. And he says, okay. He, he realized, he said, you're Han Solo and I guess I'm Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good That's comparison. Awesome. So. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and if you guys want to follow us on social media, we're at TNU Podcast. Um, and you'll see fun pictures of things um who knows i don't julia takes some weird pictures sometimes and posts them of things um our website theneutah.com or hotdog-water.com i do it is up for renewal this month i've got to renew that domain it's been a year it's been like two years buddy well i know but it's been another it's been a year since the last renewal yes did you ever fix your website no what so you still have the one that's spelled wrong yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no. if anybody spells it wrong, it just goes to the right place. Yeah, it goes to the right place. But so basically, if you or Chris are searching for it, you can find it. Okay. But if I'm searching for it, no, I'm you'll find. No, if you'll search it, it'll just go to my. You'll website. find it. It's just. Yeah, Jeremy didn't buy the correct one. No, still, he just bought the one that's not correct. That's but why I got it for a penny. You should have it. You would have got the correct one what for was it? a penny too. I don't. I'm Salt City Home Design. Yeah, but dot com. Do? But like the N and the S were make. I don't know. Design is spelled wrong. No, he just has. He just has to go and buy it. But he hasn't done it yet. The right one. Yeah. When Chris updates my website, that's one of the things we're going to do. We'll just we'll just go on to GoDaddy and buy it <laughs> until one of our <laughs> listeners buys it. Oh, you'll be back to the where to where you started from. Anyway, have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, if you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving. If you um, don't celebrate Thanksgiving, enjoy the holiday fall if you can. There's what? It's not a solstice in the fall. The it a... It's just the fall. There's no solstice. I don't know. The solstice is the winter solstice. Yeah. Hey, come come get some butterfly art there you for go. Christmas. Yeah, there you go. Uh, again, Small Business Saturday. Please support local businesses. Uh, the butterfly art actually would be a wonderful way to uh, to shop for people. Um, it's beautiful jewelry, beautiful shadow boxes. Um, that sounds like way local stuff. I yeah. mean, obviously you import some of the butterflies, yeah. but like... Your, you said your frames were locally. You can have a butterfly yes. that died naturally yep. at Thanksgiving point That's that right. she then mutilated afterwards <laughs> to make something. Out. I presented very beautifully. Yeah. I do all the dirty work. Yeah, she she does the mutilation, so you don't have. You to. You don't have to see how the sausage is made. Just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. 